0: Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. You got to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, that is also one of my quotables from (laughs) the, I feel like underrated, should have been critically acclaimed Oscar worthy movie, 1996 movie, Set It Off, um, directed by F. Gary Gray, who does not get all of the flowers that he deserves for his um, artistry. I feel like this movie had everything in it. It had comedy, it had drama, it had action, it had one of the best sex scenes I think I've seen in a real long time. With the in vogue playing. Yes. Oh, that was everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh Blair Underwood with them old good deacon waves that he got looking all <laughs> just chocolatey <and> <laughs> let me tell you, I just want to take my one of my necklaces and just have like some Evan put his like around my booty. Like <laughs> how they did it. <laughs> when i describe it as disgusting yeah it doesn't it doesn't sound as good as it looked in this <laughs> my tree and my okay so moving along this movie starred uh a very heavy hitting um cast with queen Latifah, <laughs> jada pinkett smith vivica fox and what i feel like this might have been her when of my favorite roles of hers. Um, Kimberly Elise, like we said, Blair Underwood. Um, the late uh, Thomas Jefferson Bird. Uh We unfortunately just recently lost him. Um, and lots of other actors. Junior from Players Club. I refuse to say his name other than just Junior from Players Club because he will always be Junior from Players Club. <laughs> and um, in my mind, the president of the He-Man Woman Haters Club, Dr. Dre, because he oh. hates women. That's Ooh. a subject we can get into in a a later a podcast, maybe. <laughs> okay, cool. We can set that up. Let me make that. Let me make that note. But yes, I I absolutely love this movie, and I forgot how much I loved it until I watched it again, and I was like, this movie was amazing. You know, I was whole I was really gonna be um, be honest. Be honest. You didn't. You don't agree. No, I, I did not look forward to watching this movie. When you said, we gonna watch, set it off next. I said, oh, Lord. That sad movie. It's it's so sad. It's like a, a female version of Dead Presidents. It's just like, well, at least at least Jada get away and she ends up in Mexico somewhere. Somewhere in Mexico. I bet it how you said <laughs> it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yes, it is sad. And I feel like, um, but that's what makes the movie so good. The fact that it's able to evoke all of those emotions in you. I feel like Cleo dying, that's the most iconic death scene aside from like Mufasa. Like anytime that you hear that song, it takes you back to that place. Day after day. <laughs> See, you, it, you're you in that place. She, she played was. the hell out of that role. She did. She certainly did, and um, that is one of my favorite. I want to go out like that. Let me tell you something. If anybody ever lay hand on my family or friends, that's exactly how I'm. I'm gonna just shoot them up, shoot, shoot them, and I'm gonna have. I'm gonna <laughs> go out with two guns, break it, go! Go! and everybody dying for my family because I did that to my family. I'ma, I'm sorry. I could so not be Jada to pick it just on the bus, like, oh, I got all this money and I'm just going to shoot, shoot, shoot. No, I'm going out for me and my. So, in other words, you feel like Tupac or Bishop from Juice, where if you got to go out, once again, that's how you go out. destiny in his own hands. I feel like every time somebody dies, we end up going back. I suppose you're right. Yeah, if you're going to go out, gee, you might as well go out. I would not <laughs> like to go out like that. The the pain that Queen Latifah had on her face when she balled up her fist. I said, oh, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I know. One of them just got a real good Cause they they riddled her with bullets. That was that was overkill. That was unnecessary. I feel mm-hmm. like LA's uh taxpayer dollars were wasted on how many bullets they put into Queen Latifah or Cleo in that scene. <laughs> Do you want to know what cost the most in film One uh what cost the most when filming this film? Maybe the car that they shot up? No. The movie, the budget went to uh, the movie rights or the, the music rights to the Godfather music that they had. Uh, yes, a lot a little scene. Half half of the movie's budget went to that one little scene. Yes, yes, was that is a it? fun fact. I feel like it would have been just as good without it. I, I really it do. Music. I really do. Like so, I, and I was really trying to figure out why was that scene even necessary. But it was, it was cute. It was cute, I suppose. But if it's going to be half your friggin' budget, <laughs> I would think you want that music on repeat <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so, aside from... Uh, you got to recycle. I swear to God, that was one of mine, too. What other <laughs> quotables do you have from the movie? Oh, Frankie wanna blow up the bank, uh? uh. Frankie wanna rob the bank, uh? uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, um, when Frankie uh, told Cleo, "Cleo, I'm done. I done told you, I'm strictly Dickly," and that to me <laughs> was like, was is, it, is she the one who made that up? Is that is she the one who coined that term? I don't know. Nah. No, she couldn't have been. Okay, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Okay, so along with the you guys to recycle, I just want to say the part before that because the whole thing is just so funny to me. And I'm so glad that we are doing this movie so that we can't honor Thomas Jefferson Bird who played Luther, because he was hilarious. He was an asshole. He was hilarious. (laughs) He said... Now, these good white folks are out here trying to recycle all of their glasses, plastics, and aluminum and you bitches keep throwing them all in the dumpster. I know. It was rude. Uh, you call bitches. You got bitchy? to recycle. Yes, and then he kept calling, he was saying, Good afternoon, lady. And gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. was Cleo, like, a man. He never said nothing, though. I don't, I do I do I, I bet they, they wasn't mad that uh they had to kill Luthor. Okay. Luthor, Lord, have mercy. That was an interesting way to have to go out, ain't it? <laughs> but aside from Luther's quotables, I have what I feel like, at least in and I know in my family is the most uh, popular from the film. One of my cousins even posted it the other day and uh, on Facebook. And I was like, that's so funny. We're about to do that movie was when she uh, leans on a car and says, I'm in a bind, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. No, I have not. Selling, selling pussies for emergencies only. I don't think I've been in that. Oh, kind no, 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 no. I've never been in that kind of emergency. <laughs> but we've all been in the bind. We've all been in the bind. Can we cut that? That was not the response that was needed. Amen. I think, yes, we've all been in a bind. I don't know if we've been in a selling box bind, though. <laughs> I think that was very specific, so that's the truth. But I mean, you could tell the the difference between the interest of having to do so, you know, said selling, um, because of the two co- the two con uh, contrasts of the sex scenes mm-hmm. for her. Like, okay, here she is just laying here, like, oh my god, and showering, scrubbing her skin off, <laughs> and then the next one in contrast is her. Just, you know, having a chain ran down her booty (laughs) hole. And then, you know, walking out, looking all blushed and just... It was just great being with you. That's like... But my whole thing is... Sometimes okay, you got to do Nate. what you got to do. It'd be like Nate, that. How bad did you like that? You was paying $2,000 for that motionless un- un- uninterested staring at the ceiling? Like she must have had that wop. Like, how can you be that in- uninterested and still get paid two, th- two stacks? How'd you know it was that two motionless? stacks? Because that's what she needed. How do you know? Where'd you get that? Because he said, she said, okay, Nate. So if <laughs> I come work for you at the car dealership. Um, how much can I make a month? He was like, oh, Ooh. you could make about uh, $2,000. And Ooh. she was like, oh, really? Okay, well, if I come, I'm going to need an advance on that. And he was like, oh, well, you got to give me a reason to do that. And then she was like, and then yeah. the, I'm in a bind, Nate. I'm in a bind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a bind. <laughs> no, you know what? He, that advance was probably like five hundred dollars i be damned i can't it okay. be, i'm telling you i'm telling because, you well, that bed didn't even look like it had sheets on it so you giving up girl head. i said <laughs> the same thing i said them sheets coming off their bed like that Ew. was it a hotel or was that his apartment oh, it looked like right. that was his place it just looked Mm, it looked musty. He looked mm-hmm. musty. The, the scene would look musty. It all looked musty. <laughs> look like ball sweat musty. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> I hated that for her. That was the worst scene ever. I had that like stamped in my head as a child. I have to. I have to remind our listeners. Child. I was six years old when this movie came out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was six years old when this movie came out so you got to understand <laughs> where I was when I first saw this versus the few other times that I've seen it and then seeing it again and I'm just like tying all these scenes together and Queen Latifah just always still remains hardcore but Frankie scared me as a child she <laughs> scary <laughs> tell me more she was, so thought, bossy. At it that way. she was so bossy and she was the leader and it, I feel like if it weren't for her they wouldn't have had to go and rob so many times you know like I feel like had they put um Stony, if Stoney was a person that was in charge I think it would have been like maybe a couple times and then that would have been it but because Frankie and then she also had um she also had Cleo to back her up, like to be her muscle. But like, how she got, how she had the gun on her best, her own best friend to convince her to go do something that she didn't want to do. So she just was scary. I don't, I don't like people like that. She would never be my friend. I felt so bad for <laughs> Frankie. I didn't, I didn't look at her as scary or even like in control. I felt like, I just felt I remember feeling really bad for her as a kid, like when I watched it, because she was so scared when they robbed the bank. And I felt like she was just so angry and afterwards because she was in that situation. Um, and then now looking at it, I'm like, oh, she is just having a full on traumatic response. Like Frankie is not even really in control of what Frankie is doing right now, because even when she it was almost like, like when like she a, pulls a out the gun personality, she's like, I had to push y'all. That's what I'm saying she got she was scary when she got to that place. That okay, everything you said was absolutely correct, but that does not mean that her actions that that took her to that level. And it it was like, damn, I right, girl, okay, I'm gonna go rob this bank. Shit, you tripping? Like, you know what I just thought of? I I would probably be the Frankie in the group. And so that's why I'm like, no, sympathize with her. Love her. <laughs> She's just misunderstood. That would it. be me. I would be the one who you might the be. terrible happen and have to dissociate mm-hmm. and <laughs> become a bossy hot best. I feel like I'm a combination just between. So if that's the case, you Frankie, that means I'm a little bit of Cleo, Stony, and TT because, you know. <laughs> You're everyone else. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Since I got all of it. I'll be like, let's do this a couple of times to feed my wee habit and if, uh, <laughs> and help pay for my child. Because I, I need to be a responsible adult <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, so, huh. well, speaking of Titi, she is mm-hmm. my last quote. Um, and I have two for her because they go hand in hand. When she, she only says, had 15 lines in the whole movie. And two of them went together. And when she said, I need that money. How <laughs> good. She said, They were all I that money. I need that money. And then when they robbed the bank and they was counting the money, then she said, I got money. <laughs> she was from polar opposites. <laughs> Okay, all just aside say, though, um, this was actually her first movie. Yes, this was introducing Kimberly Elise. Yes, girl. yes. I did feel like it made me look at it differently then because I feel like she did give a lot of depth for this to be her first movie. Right? It was. It was a really good movie. I think um, her her demeanor in this movie, I feel like I see it in um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman and For Colored Girls. That softer, um, more quiet, nail biting, you know, type of persona. Um, which is interesting. But I thought that was cool that this was her first film. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I think it was interesting how she changed from the beginning of the movie, her character rather from the beginning right? the movie, to the end when she was, get your hands up, get them out. Like she was in there making <laughs> commands. It's okay. too extra hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same please thing know. with Stony. Stony was out there yelling real hard with her manly voice. Get down! Get down on the ground! Did they did not Use their their, man, their their manly voice. Do you have to you can't be you can't be a lady in robber bank. Yeah. Right. I guess you had to. Okay, People so take it seriously. What, <laughs> you can't be like please get on the ground. <laughs> right. And I guess a wig and sunglasses really do disguise you that well? Not at know? all. You see the police officer was like, uh that looks like the girls, the brother the sister <laughs> that looks like they, yo. That looks like they the were bank lady. So close. They were so close, but Scooby doing the gang. That <laughs> Scooby doing <and> the gang. <laughs> they had to come fuck shit up. That bitch, blonde, brown, brown, blonde, blonde, brown hair, whatever color. And that first clip of her with that bang, I was like, who? What is? Not the, the bang. bang. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her haircut. Why did she have to have that haircut? And then all the other scenes after that, finally they had her laid right. But I hated her hair. Like I just hated her because I hated her hair. And she was a police and she was a part of the fucking Scooby Doo gang. Period. <laughs> That's that. Done. Okay. Why did I get so aggressive about that? I hate, I don't know. Serious disdain for the bayang. <laughs> Again, a testament to how good this movie is, it does evoke so much emotion from all of the people that do watch it. I feel like so much happens in this movie before the opening credits even finish running. Uh, there's a whole bank robbery, and then they're in- and Frankie, and she walk out and said, you didn't even bother to ask me if I was thirsty, sister. Ooh. Ooh. Right? The audacity. And then all of that before even the, the credits roll. People are dead. A bank robbery has happened. Mm. Just powerful. No. Again, F. Gary Gray. He don't get his flowers. Shouts out to him. I really feel like uh, the rewards weren't worth the risk. Um, they were really excited that Darnell and them got away with $20,000. Right. Um, I was like, 20000 Yeah, two of them died. Like, <laughs> was that worth $20,000? Right, absolutely not. I don't know. I just feel like this movie symbolized a little bit more. I guess you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, there are there are tons of people who are living through poverty and have to make decisions and want to find the quickest way or like you know, they get out of jail quick type of you know plan or scheme that they can come up with. And I just don't think that robbing a bank is usually everyone's first thought is it um I'm not exactly sure unfortunately <laughs> um from my understanding my great-grandfather no my grandfather who I don't know robbed the bank and then had to leave and that's why I don't know him so apparently the thought happens more <laughs> what did than you know? would think for people <laughs> wow okay let me put that on my bucket list <laughs> <laughs> uh, bucket list because it's literally what you're going to do before you kick the bucket because everyone Man. has camera phones um, there's a whole lot security is very different these days and again I'm gonna go out quartered in a motherfucker with a cigarette dangling out on the side of my mouth and everything will the what? cigarette be lit because you don't even smoke cigarettes it has to be because it's going to be even cooler it oh. has to be the whole setup you can't be you can't, can't have this. it has to be like the whole thing yeah. you know what I'm saying sure yeah so but anyway okay so for all of our listeners that <laughs> may not have seen the movie um uh first of all what are you doing with your life but it is basically about uh four uh friends four female friends who are tired of scratching and surviving um to get by, they, Frankie uh, is a bank teller and then witnesses a bank robbery at her bank, loses her job because she knew the, the people who robbed the bank. And then they decide after lots of other terrible, horrible things happen, they decide that they as well will begin bank robbing to get out of the hood. But unfortunately, Scooby-Doo and the gang catch up with them. Well, no. can I just say, um, I hated the brother in this movie. I was like, brother, this is. <laughs> right. Yo, dumb ass. So first right. of all, like she didn't. Why did he only apply to one school? Where was his school counselor? Why did he only apply to UCLA? Why were there not other colleges for him to go to? Because he didn't really want to go to school. He didn't want to go to school. Okay, that's fine. But so Stoney didn't read the denial letter? Like, so when the letter came, she just like let him open it and just watched him and he made up a lie? Like how you didn't basically, know? Basically, basically for everybody in the hood to think that you got accepted, every, that is what basically happened. But Stoney, you didn't read the, the letter? Stoney. Everybody know approval letters come in a package, denial letters come in an envelope. No, everybody don't know that. Especially oh, now okay. when you again a his counselor? In the gutter somewhere. (laughs) It's not everybody a good school counselor like you. They they need to be. And I'm (laughs) a gatekeeper of the profession. If you're going to be doing it and you're going to be doing it in an underserved area, then you need to be on your shit times 10. Why shouldn't have him applying? At least He couldn't even apply to the community college. This was 1996. They was trying really hard. They was trying real hard. I don't know what you wanted to say. 1996 wasn't that long ago. Fuck out of here. It felt like it was a long time ago. <laughs> Whooped his ass. Talk about, well, I I, I didn't get. Nigga, do you know I had to fuck Musty Nate to get this money? <laughs> Musty Nate. <laughs> he didn't have no sheets on the bed. <laughs> Musty Nate. <laughs> I had to get his Lincoln and ride, and that car smelled like cigarettes. All the way to oh, <laughs> the apartment oh, and have sex on a bed with no sheets for you to get oh. this money and you didn't get in. I'd have did more to slap him. Listen, no, did Jay no, leave the house after. Oh, Mm-mm. hell no. Mm-mm. You know who needed their ass slapped after that? Stony for ripping up the check, bitch. She needed her ass slapped after that. Why would you go and do that? All of that with Musty Nate and then rip up the check. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Ah. She ripped up the check. And did. Your dumb ass look. Your brother going to die. You could at least use that money to bury him. Okay, now this this is one one thing that I was like, okay, this is so, so uh, theatrical when she goes and runs to the body and she picks him. What did you do? What you do? And I was like, okay, she's not supposed to be touching the body. That's evidence. What y'all doing? I've watched enough law and order to know you're not supposed to touch the body. <laughs> Lots of things that 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 confuzzled me. Like, how was a Junior from Players Club a whole bank robber, but he was scared of J, uh, Jada Pinkett? He was like, well, you know, why well, I ain't come to your party? Why, right. nigga? You a whole bank robbery? You scared a little ass, Stony? Because real recognized real. Okay, he understands. <laughs> he <laughs> understands she crazy, <laughs> and she would fuck him up. So <laughs> that's why he doesn't come around. <laughs> I guess so, because she had that nigga shook. You know, I ain't come to your party, right? <laughs> True. She the one who survived all of this. (laughs) You gotta be one... You gotta be one kind of a person. One hell of a person to survive all of that. So I uh, have come to the conclusion and I feel that all of the deaths, the robberies, all of the negativity that just happens um, after the opening credits roll are all of the police's fault. It's all... uh, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. (laughs) I don't know what his name was in this movie, but um, it's all his fault. Over-policing in Black neighborhoods only leads to more crime um, because them not properly IDing who Junior from Mm -hmm. Players Club was and was not and mistaking the brother, unjustly murdering him, is what Mm -hmm. set everything into motion. The other banks would have never been robbed had they properly done their job there's just so many yes because was not down to rob banks until her brother died okay but I mean it seemed like either way something was going to trigger them to rob this bank because again um, Frankie was was adamant either she was going to blow up the bank or she was going to rob the bank (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but see, that was a joke. It was, uh, it was Frankie going to blow up the bank. On uh, it was oh. all laughing jokes. When you know me before her brother died, but then like it actually started becoming, well, maybe we should do this. I mean, but uh, then, but then we have wrong. to. Anyway, we also have to recognize it wasn't because of her brother. It was actually because the baby ended up drinking some bleach. I feel like it's- that was the final straw. It's because everybody robbed the bank because baby drank bleach, the end. What kind of movie is this? And so that's another inaccuracy that I have, like how you can't touch the body. Uh, If she brought her baby to work with her, how is that neglect? Now, I could see if she had left the baby at home by himself and then he drank some bleach and then they had to come. Okay, that's neglect. But if you bring the baby with you, clearly, mm-hmm. like she should have gotten some DSS uh childcare vouchers. And then he would have been guaranteed to be watched while she was earning a living. Like, how is taking him away? Like, how is that one neglect and two, how is taking him away to make sure that she can take care of him? It just that it seemed unrealistic, especially in the current system that we work within, where you basically have to be given the baby crack yourself or Beating them within a the pulp of their life or like sexually molesting them in order for them to get taken. Like, yeah. I, but at the same time, it's like, okay, would you take your kid to a factory because you don't have a babysitter? There has to be limits to where you take your child to work knowing the level of danger. And like the way them glass stairs was set up, that didn't look very kid friendly to me. Right. You're completely right. She was wrong for bringing him to work. To me, it just didn't spelled neglect she should have been able to work a menu and just have some you know supervision a caseworker check-in with them here and there type thing as opposed to fully losing custody of her child and him being put in a protective care system until she could uh, show up for a court date to prove that she was a fit parent that seemed um like it it didn't match what was going on I feel like the system picks and chooses the type of parent that they decide to do this type of stuff to as well. You know, especially she's being a low-income single mother. Like, if for some reason, it just seems like they're almost sometimes harder on the demands of that individual, which mm-hmm. may be the reason why a lot of children, Black children, end up in the foster care system to begin with, but go ahead. I was just going to say, why is why is having a child custody battle, why is the answer to that robbing banks? Like after D from Wayne's Brothers left, who was the the social mm-hmm. worker? Mm-hmm. Cleo looked at TT and said, "You know what you got to do. No, I need to get my baby. Why is Robin the bank? <laughs> what I need to do to get my baby? I don't, I don't see how the two went together. <laughs> mm. it, okay, maybe it was just me. It didn't make sense. I, I don't it didn't. know. This. It didn't make sense. It was just like, wow. Okay." That's what you guys are gonna do now. After this, I mean, I thought maybe if it, the the scenes had flipped, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Stoney's brother got shot. No, uh, the baby had the accident at the workplace, and then Stoney's brother got shot. Then it would all make sense because then everybody could have been amped up and angry. Yeah, about the sister, you know. <laughs> I said, "What? What did this have said?" It. But sister. <laughs> so I can I I can understand your argument of the baby drinking bleach as being a being a catalyst for everything, but I will counter that with no, it's still the police in my mind because <laughs> then Dr. Cox just decided that he was gonna start doing like these unauthorized tales. Because remember, he went to, I guess, his superior or whatever in the police department and was like, hey, do you remember that kid? No. We murdered? He <laughs> said, he no. Like, <laughs> Don't you understand the N or the O? And so he asked to tell them and dude was like, no. And then he went and did it anyway. Mm hmm. And I was like, and then he was like so excited at this police work that he had did. And he was like, I knew these women ran together. Uh, yeah, motherfucker, you saw them all together when you murdered her brother and she tried to physically attack you because you said that there would be an investigation into it. Right. Like you saw them all together then, but you right. didn't put it together. Then you had to go do this illegal tail uh, monitoring stakeout and take pictures of them without their knowledge. In order for you to connect the dots. this shit was crazy. Look at our taxpayer dollars just oh just always hard at work. Mm, 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 mm. Looking for trouble. Okay so how did you feel? I want to get your insight on this. How did you feel about the relationship between Blair Underwood and Stony? Oh wow that's a that's a loaded question. Yeah <laughs> I feel like that was like um Maybe it is still a thing for me, like a a fantasy, of, if you will, like a guy that is just so devoted and so into teaching me like the new arts and all this other stuff and being so romantic and all that. Um, and it was just like, of course, she would have this dark, deep secret that she's keeping from this wonderful man that makes it nearly impossible for them to be together. That is my theatrical voice. Oh, okay. My, yes. shakes- my Shakespearean. <laughs> but that's what it feels like. And it's like, well, if she doesn't, she doesn't deserve you. <laughs> come to me, Keith. Come to me. <laughs> that's how I feel <laughs> about the relationship. <laughs> okay, Keith, well, now you know where to go. Um. I felt like their relationship gave me, like, hella, like, pretty woman vibes. Like, he was, yes, like, he's from Harvard, and he went to business school, and from New York, or from D.C., then went to New York, and is now living in L.A., and she's from the the hood, as he called it. And he just saw her, and whisked her, and is bringing her into his life, and dressing her up as his little Barbie doll. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of uh, early signs of... uh abuse like because i think it's because i've seen mm-hmm. blair underwood play the the good the good guy in this one and then that same character as the bad guy and whatever that oh, movie was where he yeah. was whooping her ass and he had all the money mm-hmm. i was like oh is this how he was getting them he was whining and dining them and dressing them up and all of this oh and my then, gosh what? You know, I've never connected those two. Oh, my God. Why'd you do that? I- OK, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keith, no, 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 no. We'll just look at Keith as um, amazing because he did say something where I was like, oh, Stony, tough because I'd have fell for that. When she was what? like, who do you think you are? He said, I'll be your genie if you let me. I said, well, well come here. I got to rub you, right? Yeah, I, I got to rub you for this to work. Let me rub you, Keith. <laughs> oh my god that was the best line ever <laughs> <laughs> I was like instant like yes you can enter <laughs> you may enter oh my god uh, yes so I mean I felt like I felt like she she wasn't ready to be with him. He, he she literally uh, lost her brother like what a week before, right? And the way she responded to him, uh, like about it, like was like, "I'm dealing with it." Like, I, are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> that real crumb dealing, but not even a tear. Like it was just okay all right I was a little concerned about her her, you know affect and and discussing her brother's death with him I'm not gonna lie that was a little concerning yes I that would have been a a red flag um (laughs) right had that been the session (laughs) so tell me more about why you uh say that you're you're doing this but your body language is doing another I don't know (laughs) Or there is no body language at all. Just complete flat affect. Right. And we're talking about something terrible, like your brother being murdered last week. Right. But unfortunately that is something that people do try to do. That is something that she said when Kimberly Elise asked well, TT asked her like, All right, well, are you going to go out with him? She was like, well, maybe he could put a smile on my face and jumping into, because it did seem like Keith was while he said he didn't want anything from her. He was definitely open to building with her. And unfortunately she just wasn't at a place where that would have even been healthy. Like even mm-hmm. if she wasn't Robin banks, mm-hmm. um, And unfortunately, that is something that people do jump into relationships or new situationships to make themselves feel better when things are going on. And that is only going to create situations that perpetuate pain Mm -hmm. or you're not in a healthy place. And then you end up hurting that person who, like in Keith's situation, really just wanted to add to her life. And so I kind of felt bad for Keith. And so I guess I guess I agree with you. Come here, Keith. (laughs) <laughs> I know, like come here she don't deserve you but i did have a question though how did okay. keith get to keep his job because they didn't know that keith knew her oh wait yes they did he brought her home yes. to the whole mm-hmm. 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 the police didn't know it the people, only the higher ups at the bank. So the bank tellers and such would not have known like the only the higher ups and the higher ups probably didn't have to watch the footage. Maybe But he left. He left when, when it all happened. Remember, she yeah. called them and told him to leave. You, They can see that. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like if there's a real investigation, they're mm-hmm. investigating that relationship. There's clearly a relationship. And they said it within that, within their mate, like their, um, their rundown of their description at the meeting he was in, that they have someone, they know someone inside the bank. And as soon Mm -hmm. as they said that, he gets a phone call. call. Right. Right. We're going to have to revisit that during prognosis. Because it's good stuff. Well. It seems like we—it's about that time. Let's get into these diagnosing of the characters. Um, Let's say say Jada for last because we have the most insight and background on her. So, if we're saving her for last, who would you like to start with? Well, I would go with TT. All right, TT. Hey TT. Um, (laughs) I think okay. So here's my issue. I feel like it was hard for me to diagnose them um these black women with with the diagnosis from this white ass book I said it um we say (laughs) it frequently darn on this show that this uh DSM book (laughs) that we use and have titled our show from is a white supremacist tool that is used to perpetuate the oppression of Mm -hmm. black brown queer and poor lives yes but they were so gracious enough to give us a little, little section in the back that could consider some of the reasons why maybe They said here, here's all the oppression, but we'll give you like a little few little trinkets, little shillings yeah. for you to yeah. use to Right. Some that some that encompass all people. Other conditions that may be a focus of clinical attention is a section within the DSM. I um I realized that to me had I just seen these girls just hanging out or whatever, like they were no bank robbery. I think I I would, I would have had a hard time diagnosing them with anything from the DSM other than from things in the book, like with, like behind in this section. So one of them was, um, occupational problems. And so with, um, let's see, occupational problems. Um, there is, Uh, Other problem related to employment, and it says this category should be used when an occupational problem is the focus of clinical attention or has an impact on the individual's treatment or prognosis. Areas to be considered include problems with employment or in the work environment, including unemployment, recent change of job, threat of job, loss of job, uh, job dissatisfaction, stress, work schedule, uncertainty and etc so there's like a whole bunch of stuff and then uh, other discord with boss and so she was having the problem with luther and her (laughs) checks okay if you don't like working at luther's janitorials (laughs) take your broke ass (laughs) <laughs> i know and he was so mean to her her sweet soul she was just a sweet little soul and she i think you know had she not been in poverty you know and um there's another one with um, economic problems that's another section and it has a list of like it one of the diagnosis being lack of adequate food or safe drinking water um, and then another one is extreme poverty and low income so i would give her extreme poverty and low income and um um and that's basically because of the fact of course again she's like i don't even after they take out taxes from my check i don't have enough money for for childcare you know and if you don't have enough money for childcare how can you afford to go to work and so the cycle continues so that's what i have for tt um did you want to talk about TT or you want me to go with Frankie and Cleo? Yes, I did want to mention on TT um wow. I also taking definitely taking into consideration all of the um very important societal like socioeconomic issues that you highlighted. I also still wanted to diagnose her with um generalized anxiety disorder because I felt like throughout the film she kind of displayed some characteristics where I was like, hmm, let me look into that. And then when I went through the criteria, I was like, yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. listing some of the criteria, um, excessive anxiety or worry, occur- occurring more days than at least six months about a number of events or activities. Granted, she had justifiable worries. Um, she did have, like you were saying, with the extreme poverty, not being able to afford certain things. Um she had some justifiable anxieties. It also seemed like she just kind of was also keyed up and on edge, which is one of the criteria as well. Like anytime Mm -hmm. something would happen, she would jump like she would appear frazzled um, as well. The individual finds it difficult to control the the worry. And I felt like she was sometimes having difficulty concentrating or mind going blank. I remember when I was younger, I was like, is T.T. slow? And then yeah. now looking at it now I'm like well if she did like really have um gen- or is having symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder that sometimes completely going blank or the inability to concentrate can be a part of that like when um the new guy came in and said Luther don't clean here no more I'm such and such and he went put out his hand and Frankie and Cleo went to go get the money and she was mm-hmm. like okay oh, hey, how you doing and then oh yeah <laughs> and then took off <laughs> running um that was an example yeah. of that to me um and the uh, the disturbance is not attributable to the physiological effects of a substance drug abuse or any other medical condition we don't know if her having any other medical conditions and we know that um she didn't engage in any other substances because she wasn't drinking and when Cleo was passing the weed she kind of was like ugh, stinky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so, so cute I, right i definitely i definitely feel like um some hoodlum took advantage of her and got her pregnant and then left mm-hmm. her high and dry and she mm-hmm. has been trying to kind of piece together what life would look like for her um and her child her son and picking up those pieces um I would have liked to know if TT had any other supports though like does she have mm-hmm. a mom Did she have a dad aunts mm-hmm. and uncles just family um anybody else to help care for her and I feel like that was I guess it was probably intentional because it shows good representation. Like these women really needed each other and needed to Mm -hmm. take care of each other. Um, But I also would have just liked her character development a little bit more as well. But her being the least known of the actresses, um, I can see why maybe her character didn't get as much to expound upon there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I have a fun fact. Did you know that that uh, role was actually offered to Brandy? Glad she turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> Not anything against Brandy, I absolutely love Brandy. Um, I don't think I was, it would have fit her exactly. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. I yeah. just don't think that she would. Have been able to bring the same things that Kimberly, Kimberly at least brought, and as well as we knew her, I think we mm-hmm. needed to not know TT. right? Um, yeah, for her to come across that same way, and mm-hmm. so I am glad that it ended up how it ended up, and that Brandy went on to do. I still know she did last summer because that was a good movie, and she did a real good job in that movie. Too. She did. She did. All right, so we got Frankie. Let me tell you what I t- what I gave my old girl Frankie From- Fine. Good. Right. I, gave, um, I gave her occupational problems, other problems related to employment as well. I mean, all things considered, homegirl, she got fired from her job because of some shit she ain't even, even had nothing to do with. You know what I'm saying? So, that's almost what got happened. got blown away. Your tired-ass bank. <laughs> she almost got blew away. <laughs> and, um you know again the the description and going in there you know um uh the discord with job with boss you know um the work environment hostile work environment (laughs) a bank robbery sound real hostile to me (laughs) (laughs) so you know those are all reasons you know um for that to to be for her that's all i got i post okay yeah Um, it sounds like you were about to go there. Uh, Yes, Uh I am diagnosing Frankie with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I think that her experience in, again, before the opening credits even finished running this movie, so just like, boom, here it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like all of those experiences kind of led her to the place where, where Cleo was like, yo, we could take a bank. And then because she was in such a place of, traumatic response Mm -hmm. it seemed okay to her um I think she was really reliving that trauma and like how can she heal from that and be victorious because she kind of presented as powerless in that moment she went into um what we call fight flight or freeze whenever people are presented with a trauma, your brain is designed to protect you. And so it's going to go to some automatic responses. Now you can either fight, which is get the hell up out of there. You can <laughs> fight. Uh, yeah. Nothing faster than a pew. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, that's flight. You can fight, which is then you jump into action. You, whatever that might be, if be it, fighting back or be it whatever it is just jumping into action act movement doing something in that moment or you can go into freeze um and that's really what she did she was like shaking and i don't know hell no i don't want nothing to do with this and he ended up shooting the lady right in front of her the blood got all on her face they didn't even Mm -hmm. let her wipe it off while they were interrogating her she still had this woman's blood on her face my goodness Mm -hmm. but um And all of that, she was definitely having a traumatic response. And so she is really in her mind trying to protect herself. And how can I come out of the situation, this trauma experience of bank robbery and be the hero instead of the victim in this situation? And I think that is what took her to, "Frankie, want to rob the bank? Mm. Throw up the bank. Mm." Mm. And that was her way of kind of um, healing from all of that. But I definitely think that it was a maladaptive coping skill that it wasn't something healthy. And because of that, she wasn't a- able to, or in a position to health- health- healthily healthfully, healthy, heal healthily. in a healthy way. I don't okay. know. I'm cool. making up words. Um, she wasn't able to do that. And so <laughs> even once she got the power back from robbing the bank, it kind of felt like it wasn't enough. Um, and I think that she definitely did want to get out the, a- the area. So I don't think that she wanted to continue to rob banks. But she did want to get out of that area and she wanted to separate, um, continue to dissociate herself from that situation. And so she was going to do whatever it was that she had to do to get out of to basically to get out of that situation. Um, And so, yes, I diagnosed her with post-traumatic stress disorder where she directly experienced the traumatic event was having recurrent, involuntary, and intrusive, distressing memories of the traumatic events, intense or prolonged psychological distress at exposure to internal or external cues that symbolize or resemble an aspect of the traumatic events. And so her then, you know, continuing to rob banks um, and having marked physiological reactions as well. I think that And there are more criteria we can keep going. Post-traumatic stress does get, um, you can get very specific, but I just, one thing that confused me, maybe I don't know if I'm just paying too much attention. So if the last bank was the most difficult bank to rob, it was the biggest bank, it was, no one has successfully ever robbed it. And Frankie has the most inside knowledge of the inner workings of bank systems and banking in general. Mm. Why the hell was she the getaway driver on that one? I know. I was thinking the same thing when I saw it this time. I never paid attention to it before, but I was like, why was she not in there? That was really dumb. Yeah. <sighs> also, that last scene with that dude—that stupid-ass um, security guard coming out of nowhere Like, why? where'd you come from? Why? I'm going to be the hero today. Like, you whole have the damn FBI here. Why are you coming out fucking and shooting your little. Out the woodwork. Andy Griffith. (laughs) Little pistol. His little coach wagon. Down and high in the back with everybody else. Right. His little coach wagon pistol. That was a cheap shot. I just and see that that to me is the the systemic the the imagery the the storytelling with the storytelling you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying it's like that is common like we standing here having a conversation here comes some white police officer feeling like they're threatened and has the the feeling that they need to discharge a weapon like. They had a gun. I'm the good guy with the gun. No fool they hold. I was they protecting. Were literally putting their weapons down. They were. They were. And so this is the same rhetoric. This is the same storyline that we see in our headlines constantly with black people and and people who are wear blue. And it's, it's And sickly. that's how much they ain't even like him. He didn't get to wear blue. He had it on tan. I know he wasn't even a real guy, like a real cop or nothing. Like he was like security with a gun. Like he they, he they didn't even give him that gun. Because even though TT did kill Lusa, she did not deserve to die. She did not. Oh wait. She did. Th- oh, she did. <laughs> did that just change <laughs> your <opinion? laughs> I was so Johnny Cochran with that other one, that other point. I had it. I had it. I was so good. What was good? And then you lost me. This is why I couldn't be an attorney because I would have been like, ooh. <laughs> Your Honor, I would like to request a recess uh, because you're <laughs> uh, a liar. liar well, he was like, I object. And <laughs> the judge was like, on what grounds? He was like, because it's hurting my case. Yes. <laughs> exactly (laughs) exactly how I feel okay um she was she was scared she was scared okay now here now this is going back to the point of of guns and who should be using weapons and who should be getting trained for for weapons because a lot of a lot of these police officers are similar to Titi they they don't want to shoot they don't use their weapon regularly but when you don't use your weapon regularly when you don't train you tend to get nervous and when you're in a situation when it when it's it doesn't call for you to draw your gun you're likely to draw your gun and so the same situation that happened at Titi M- is likely somebody. And kill somebody is likely what happened to individuals, you know, what, what happens to some police officers, not trying to be a def- on their defense, but just to give two perspectives on a situation that in this situation, TT experienced, she experienced both perspective, being the person that gets to hold the gun. That's a lot of power. I don't think a lot of people realize, like when you hold a weapon in your hand, you control the outcome of the person that you pointed at, basically, you know what I'm saying? And if you're gonna shoot, you want to shoot to kill now, and that's what they train you to to do. So it's like when you have that that amount of power and your life is threatened, like that that fight, fight or you know whatever. Fight, <laughs> fight or freeze. Freeze whatever, don't no, you'll never freeze. I'm black like that. I never freeze. That's why it's never in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you have this gun and you have all these, you know, these feelings, this adrenaline, and, you know, all these things happening on both ends, whether you're a police officer who who is not getting enough training, who doesn't go to marksmanship, who didn't do very well on his marksmanship, um, can accidentally... You know, harm someone and then get lose control and start shooting the motherfucker up even more. Not saying that that's a rational reason to shoot our black people, but I understand it. I understand the perspective, especially because of her. Sorry. <laughs> No, I completely understand that. I definitely think that that generalized anxiety is a part of that, especially for TT, like even like you were saying without proper training and when they went to the Heat Man Woman Haters uh, Club, Dr. Dre's Evil Lair, where he was had the illegal gun range and was supplying them with the weapons um, she did not like the practice. Like they were really shooting at the range. They mm-hmm. were showing them how to use it. They were practicing. She didn't like it and just stopped practicing. And mm-hmm. so that speaks to that. That speaks to the need to, to take, um, gun handling very serious. If very you are serious. going to handle, you need to make sure that you are trained. You need to make sure that you know what you're doing because in those responses, if you ever do need to use one, it's not going to be a comfortable situation. That's not what, that's not when you're using them, unless of course you're hunting and you have time to sit, prepare, aim, no. and then shoot. But if you are using them in concert with other people, it's not going to be a comfortable situation. It's a matter so of life it, and death. Exactly. It, it is important. And someone who has anxiety and is already keyed up, already on edge, already... Um, fragile and frantic in that way is going it has the potential to be very dangerous like she just got scared and thought that luther was going to kill cleo so she shot him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's all it takes that is all so it takes. with that said what you got for cleo cleo ooh, ooh, ooh. actually this is um queen lativa's first leading role fyi hmm Mm-mm-mm. Very first did, leading role. She did all of this in her first... She is just amazing. Queen Latifah deserves... I want the world to just give her all of her things. She deserves them. Quit playing with her. Put some respect on her name. She does everything. She sings. She acts. She raps. She produces. She directs. She creates. She's the greatest. And I think that uh, y'all just get so hung up on whether or not she like fish or beef that... You refuse to just pay attention to how awesome her everything is and Mm. she deserves all of the things and y'all need to hurry up and give them to her. She needs all of the applause. Unfortunately, her character does not. Her character was batshit crazy. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but she played the <laughs> hell out of that black batshit crazy person. She did a <laughs> job for this to be, I mean, she was already doing Living Single at this time. She had already done she guest did. spots on other television shows as well. So acting wasn't new to her. But for her this to be her first leading role in a motion picture, she did that. She did it. She did. She did. And she did it while she was under. It looks like she was under some type of a substance, (laughs) and I believe that substance was cannabis. So I gave her substance medication-induced anxiety disorder with cannabis use disorder being mild, with the onset during intoxication. The reason why I say that is because she pulled that gun out on Stony while she was high and drunk, and it seems as if she has her most uh, violent reactions. When she is under the influence. The end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, have a completely different diagnosis. Don't hate me. But I we felt never like... never get along with diagnosis and it's fine. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, we always see both sides of it. So I feel like that's yeah. important as well. And that's why it's important for us to case conceptualize um on this show for the purpose of entertainment and in real life so that you know what you're doing (laughs) um i diagnosed cleo uh whose real name was cleopatra when they uh (laughs) was given their government names on the news (laughs) at the end cleopatra sims um (laughs) I diagnosed her with major depressive disorder. Um, and I felt that we watched her in the film go from a moderate to a more severe level of depression. I felt like she was using uh, weed and alcohol to help cope with that depression. Um, and it just got to a point was it, where it wasn't helping anymore. Um, I think that that is why we were able to see her blow through her money so fast. She was trying to do things to make herself feel better, make herself feel more comfortable with just herself. And she needed more money because what they had wasn't enough because what she was trying to fix was not something that necessarily that money could really even buy. And so she got to a place where at the end, I really felt like she knew I felt like she knew she wasn't going to make it. I feel like that was an act of sacrifice. And mm-hmm. I felt like she might not have done that if she was not depressed. I felt like that was almost an act of suicide. And mm-hmm. knowing that she might not make it out of that situation. And which is why she told them, just take the money, take take it with y'all. I'll, I'll get with y'all later. Mm-hmm. Um, but for major depressive disorder, some of the criteria is depressed mood um, most of the day, nearly every day, uh, mark, markedly. I hate that word. And they use know. it so much. Markedly <laughs> Diminished interest in, um, interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities. Um, it didn't really seem like she was happy with the situations that she had. I think that, that level of being in that constant, just trying to get by as well, it definitely adds another level of strain and stress on top of that as well. Um, fatigue or loss of energy is something that we don't know if she necessarily had, but we know we definitely saw her with a heightened sense of energy once they completed that first bank robbery where she ended up accidentally shooting into the uh, the ceiling because she was so excited. Um, feelings of worthlessness or excessive inappropriate guilt. And that feelings of worthlessness is what really stuck out to me and what really made me. Um, lean more heavily towards the major depressive diagnosis is because when her and Stony was sitting on the steps and they were both apologizing for the situation with, um, her pulling the gun and her, uh, slapping her, she was like, um, she was like, we ain't nothing but hood rats. Like she said, you're, you're not okay with that, but I'm fine with it. And she was like, well, where do you see yourself? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? And she said, I can't think about five years. I don't, and and I don't care. I'm just trying to get through today. And those feelings of that expression of worthlessness and hopelessness is what made me feel like, I really just feel like Cleo was suffering from depression, using socially acceptable ways to try to cope with, be it with her, um, being up under her girl, smoking weed, getting drunk, hanging out, and those things just weren't enough for her. And I think that she felt that maybe pulling off these capers would help her feel better because then she would have the money. But then when she had the money, she still didn't feel whole. And the the excitement of completing the bank robbery was fleeting. Like, oh, I have this adrenaline rush, but then I can't keep it up. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and it, and I'm glad that she mentioned that cause I wanted to talk about, um, her lack of, uh, goals or, uh, interest in setting goals or future interest in the future planning and things like that. But I did want to say that randomly, fun fact, Dr. Dre actually had his own high speed chase, which made, um, his commentary about her <laughs> high speed chase <even> <laughs> more <laughs> interesting Because once especially once he said, oh, no, no, the helicopters done got involved um, because that's what actually was happening with his um, with his high speed hit chase in um, 1993. So there's that. president (laughs) of He-Man Women Haters Club. Um, (laughs) I also wanted to mention, I just I don't know why it sticks out to me so much every time I think about this movie, but that lineup scene. Where after oh, they yes. after TT killed Luther and the police uh-huh. pick up Cleo for um suspicion of involvement and they put her mm. in the lineup, she had that white woman shook. Ooh. She did, but I mean, I mean that, that gesture was the most obvious gesture. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, hello, hello, no one's gonna call that shit out. Hello, what are we doing? Are we supposed to be paying attention to details here? Like it was like this is a direct. Like, I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna be the last one to turn around and I'm gonna pat my left breast. Like, seriously? That
1: Not even so her pocket,
0: her breast. Left <laughs> breast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the, the, again, to her acting skill, she, the, the way she was able to use her face to express in that moment was so dope. It was just so dope. And like, even after like TT shot her, like Cleo jumped right into action, went and got her ID and was like, yo, we know who you are. Like this whole situation is fucked. Like everything is messed up now, but this is our insurance. We know who you are. Like, don't play, bitch. Right. <laughs> and so her getting picked up, I, I was so glad that she had it. Uh, she definitely was able to intimidate the intensity that um, Queen Latifah was able to give in that scene she needed she needed an award for that and i hope i don't know if she got a soul train award or whatever it was that you know it was awarded we hold right. in high accolade in our community it but she deserved one award. because something because the more acclaimed bodies i'm sure did not recognize this movie in the way that it needed to but the intensity that she gave in that lineup I was like, well shit, maybe, maybe she didn't. Nope. I don't see the or mm-hmm. nothing either. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. And the white woman wasn't lying because Queen Latifa didn't shoot Lucer. That's true. That's true. And she couldn't say nothing then. Cause she's scared. Does mm-hmm. she know who who has her information now? But she but she TT wasn't wasn't in the criminal the, the criminal justice system. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what he said when he picked Cleo up. He said, um, I think it was you because you're the only one with priors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that that was their other reason why they got caught up in stuff too, because of her priors. And I feel like they could have gotten away with a lot of it had it not been for Scooby-Doo. Police just feel like once you commit a crime once, then you're just a criminal for the rest of your life. And let's just pick you up and throw you into where, right. uh, uh, lineups where people can incorrectly um, you. select you and then you can serve life in prison for something that you didn't do. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Steps off soap soapbox. Um, but yes, so all of that brings us to Stony. Stoney. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we do Stoney, I had a thought. What? And I want to I always do this. I want to diagnose one more person. Ooh. I want to diagnose Ursula as with selective mutism. Frankie said, what's the fuck wrong, what's up with this bitch, She don't talk? Bitch <laughs> <laughs> I... say nothing through the whole film. I was going to say that about Titi, that's so funny, that's so funny, I was like, I don't know what to diagnose everybody with, I'm going to just randomly give people stuff, and then, <laughs> 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 Ursula with selective mutism, because she she literally said nothing the entire movie. Listen, because she was an extra. She wasn't needed. To- she wasn't an extra. She had a whole name. We knew her name. We knew her, the plot. Was she was giving out whole name. lap dances. Ursula. Like she, I have friends named Ursula. Don't do that. <laughs> it's mean, a beautiful name. It's very charming. Lovely. She uh giving lap dances. Everybody walk in. She keep on giving lap dance. Don't even stop and be like, who came in? Nope. She's so confident in her shit that she continued the lap dance. Listen, you know, stop. The, the the show must go on. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know I'm not a performer at heart. I'm, I'm She's not, not interested <laughs> with the bullshit. <laughs> that is why she had nothing to say to you hoes. mm And Frankie was trying to, hey, girl. Cute nice. outfit. And that bitch was like, mm. Fill my cup, please. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> because she didn't say nothing. Fill it up and let it overflow. <laughs> That's exactly how she Very held it. Very different, but yes. <laughs> okay, so do we agree though? Mm-hmm. Selective mutism, Ursula? Okay, yeah. see, yeah. we agree. All right, now we can go to Stony. <laughs> All right, Stoney. Um, So what's interesting about Stony? of course we know um, thanks to the detective, uh, he let us know that They actually lost both their parents in a car accident. Um, And so, of course, I think there could be issues with depression and anxiety related to that um, as far as grief. But um, had that not been the case, I would have just looked at it with problem related to crime um, interaction with legal system. So uh, a victim of crime. So that's also in the DSM. Um, But other than that, I didn't give her a um, actual diagnosis. I did. (laughs) Um, Because I felt like so much of everything that was going on with Stoney was a result of the experiences, the traumatic events that were going on. And they just it was so much complex trauma. Like it was just one thing on top of the other, on top of the other. Everything was going on. And it was because of a movie, of course, everything was happening all at once. I definitely uh, wanted to list the bereavement of her parents. Um, at, they said it was five years ago. And it sounded like she became the full caregiver of her brother. Um, I remember Cleo at the beginning of the movie saying, you've been you've spoiled that boy. You've been taking care of him ever since mom and daddy died. Mm-hmm. And so she jumped into that role and um, probably displaced a lot of the processing that needed to happen of that grief. Because she jumped into that caregiver role. Um, I think that that sometimes it serves us as a community, but at the same time, we still need to offer space for people to heal. I think that a lot of times, especially in our community, um, when things happen, we jump into, I have to take care of everyone else, Mm -hmm. but these people need me. And so we don't allow ourselves the opportunity in the space to take care of ourselves as well. And it definitely feels like that is where Stoney was. She just, OK, I gotta have to do all these things. I have to like even when she was telling um, Keith, I worked really hard to keep a roof over me and my brother's head and food in our mouths and all of these things. And I was working real hard for him to go to college. It sounded like that was going to be her time to then focus on herself once he went to college. But his passing was another traumatic event on top of that. Um, because of all of those things, I diagnosed her with acute stress disorder. Um, I felt like even her robbing the banks was a result of all of, was, the, was really a result of the loss of her brother. Again, that over-policing creating more crime. Um, I don't think that she would've been down to rob the banks had her brother not been murdered by the police by a misidentification uh, for acute stress disorder. There is the exposure to actual uh, or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violation um, and she directly witnessed the person um and the event that it occurred to seeing her brother running up to his body, holding him in her arms, even though you said she's not supposed to touch the body <laughs> um, but she definitely was there and saw it uh saw his body and being riddled with bullets and that was one thing that did Mm. frustrate me is when the police officer ran to him um and yes he felt bad because he knew that wasn't the person that he was there for and he was screaming at him like stay Mm -hmm. with me stay with me don't go like how he is riddled with bullets. This is not like y'all shot him one time. This is not like there was a small accident. Y'all riddled his body with bullets. The Mm -hmm. fact that he is still even able to look at you is showing that he was fighting for with every little bit that he had. Y'all riddled him with bullets. Um, But again, back to acute stress disorder, those um, intrusive uh, symptoms, which we technically don't know Firsthand, because we don't get into their feelings as much, but we definitely can assume that there was um, psychological distress um, and reactions that were happening with her. um Negative mood; she did seem very irritable. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she had a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. And then that's even like we said before, where, where she was when talking about Keith is like maybe he could put a smile on my face because, mm-hmm. girl, right now I don't have one to give. <laughs> okay um, uh, dissociative symptoms. I think her creating that, that her that was able to go in and rob the bank. I think regular Mm. Sony as herself might not have felt like they had that, but once, um, Frankie kind of pushed them into it, it did seem like they kind of all each dissociated into their separate, um, person who was able to go and able to do those things and able to rob the bank and feel comfortable with that. um, Avoiding distressing memories, thoughts or feelings about or closely associated with the traumatic events, like how she kind of glossed over and creepily just said that it was okay that she Mm -hmm. was dealing with it and telling Keith that her brother was murdered last week. (laughs) Um, uh, Definitely the irritable behavior and angry outbursts that her and. Cleo, we're having can be uh witness there, hypervigilance, which is like kind of always being on edge, what's going on when TT came in. Did you lock that door? Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things, exaggerated startled response, problems with concentration. And I just feel like I felt like I didn't want to diagnose her with anything that didn't highlight the fact that all of this is a response to all of the situations that were happening to her. Um, I definitely felt like the robbing the bank was her reaction to everything else that was going on because everything, every other situation, it felt like things were happening to her and actually participating in a bank robbery was an action where she was able to do something instead of something happening to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, she did. I mean, she had a lot that that came with her. An uh, interesting fact about this particular character—they was going to make her um, actually a crackhead. Oh, uh, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, they decided to write that out. Yeah, that would have yeah. been terrible. I know. Maybe it's because of the the pussy selling part, like only crackheads. <laughs> 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 which is funny because at the beginning of the movie when they talking about Darnell and them uh, which is Junior from Players Club and Dub C for some reason and some other guy um, mm-hmm. she's like good thing we're not no crackhead hard up criminals like them which is uh-huh. weird because they wanted her to be a crack. That's weird. Sure did. And actually Jada actually wanted the Cleo part. <laughs> I'm really glad she did not get that. Uh, and all right, can you imagine her being this little like no, you can't I cannot see her listen. pat in the pocket and me being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm scared. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was interesting. But yeah, Jada Pickett, she—I mean, Stony. I'm sorry, she. Um, <laughs> she definitely had to experience a lot. Um, and I think while the the storyline seems to start with Frankie. Um it seems as if uh stony's story is what's really kind of evolving throughout the movie, you know. Definitely, definitely. Um, and so I think well I think she went through so much that it is almost expected and almost it makes everybody happy that she was able to get away with with the money. How did you feel about her being able to to walk away with the money? Were you happy for her or were you like uh or what? What was your feeling? I about? felt like they just needed an ending to the movie. It kind of was like, so she go to Mexico and then she's driving a Jeep and then that's the mm-hmm. end? That's it? Okay. I'm glad she got away. I'm very happy that she got away. But I was like, okay, that's the end of the movie. But I don't think I was, I think I was so caught up in Cleo and Frankie's death that I was just like, okay. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it's like, damn. And then, and then she witnessed it. So that mm-hmm. makes it even worse. Um, mm-hmm. But then also I'm, I'm like, OK, if she gets away and she sees the, the detective and she sees the detective, see her, see him. Like, is she going to get caught? Was that a, a chance for a set it off too? I feel like he knew he was an (laughs) asshole. I feel like he knew. And that's what he kept telling them. And he kept telling them, like, this is enough. Like, he was enough. Like, Mm. we don't need any more death. And so I think he was just at the point where, like, damn, I don't fucked up this woman's whole life. Let me just let her go to Mexico. Like, I'm just shit. Don't nobody else see her. Just Mm. bitch go run. (laughs) (laughs) And I should get on this random bus. Mexico, like is that how we did travel back then? We could just she hop picked on the bus up a swimberrow and got on the bus. No passport, no Latin. No I guess that I was like, well, maybe hey. that's how they do in LA since they so close. I know as ticket. a kid, I didn't know. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, how to be like, ma'am, you in my seat. Get excuse me. <laughs> she in my ain't my no seats. They no side seats on the bus. Uh-uh. <laughs> it would be just her luck. <laughs> so but like, she had a bag full of money, so she could have bought a ticket. Triple um, or been like, oh, I'm so sorry, well let me pay for my ticket now. Or But no, 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 no. She was she was on a high, like a high tail run, like knees to chest. She ain't had no time to buy no ticket. And even if she was gonna try to buy one, ain't nobody trying to know. Ain't nobody trying to hear that while you on the bus. Get your ass off the bus, Rosa. That's what they would tell her. Well, I'm glad she got her ass on the bus and survived because everyone else died, um, which Mm -hmm. kind of makes prognosis hard. Um, So very specifically, if you were uh, for some reason in Mexico and you were treating uh, African-American English speaking women (laughs) with traumatic experiences, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very, very niche market, but apparently needed because of obviously of this movie. (laughs) What would you do to help Jada Pinkett? Because clearly she can afford care because she has money. And she has all the money. So for the first few sessions, I just fuck around with it. be like, yo, all right, so you got to download this soundtrack. This will heal your heart. It'll be the Set It Off soundtrack. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 What would be my prognosis for her having to deal with I mean... I know that at some point we're going to have to build that rapport um, because she's not going to trust me. She's not going to be able to tell me the real story. She's going to have this type of persona. So it depends on what she's willing to share. I mean, because she's going to have to keep her composure or her um, her identity concealed for the most part. If she's going to want to continue to be out on the loose. Um, y'all in y'all Mexico, she didn't kill nobody. Ain't no real exhibition unless, you know, so I feel like ain't no duty to warn there. You're not committing a crime right now. I don't have to tell nobody. No, I'm not telling nobody nothing. I'm, I'm just, oh, OK. I'm just saying, like, that's I don't think that's going to even be a thing because, like, she's not going to be able to to show her identity or she's not going to make that a part of her story, which makes it a a hard way to, to work with someone if they're holding back a piece of themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I get what you're saying now because yeah. even with Keith, like, she was saying certain stuff, but she wasn't revealing the entire situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Conducive with her character, she probably wouldn't, yes. you know, go into deep. She would just be like, I've had a lot of loss. I lost a brother. Yes, I yeah. yeah. And thing. so it's like, okay, well, I could work with that. But then the way she acts is like she got it under control. So I, I don't think that... um Any of this per se would be the reason why she would come in. I think it would probably be um, trying to acclimate and and get used to a new lifestyle and being free, having the guilt and shame, I think Mm. would be the biggest thing that we would have to work with. But again, because there's this wall up to keep her identity, I don't know if we would really get anywhere because we have to figure out the root cause of the shame and identity. And she probably wouldn't share that. I definitely feel like you're right. I feel like maybe we could work on some like survivor's guilt mm-hmm. um because I'm sure that has definitely got to be there now especially point, after yeah. seeing Frankie uh, mm-hmm. murdered in the street who was shot in her mm-hmm. back which is also against supposed to supposed to be against police protocol. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, definitely work through some of that survivor's guilt um, using, like you were saying, that the identity piece, the acclimating to a new lifestyle, a new culture, a new era, area mm-hmm. rather, um, by being in a different country, potentially some like, I don't know, career counseling, because that money's only going to last for so long and she has to create mm-hmm. a sustained lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that might be something that we end up working on. I just want to give her a hug hey oh bitch just cry let this shit out (laughs) which I mean she did get to do when she cried into the money um towards the end when she was at the hotel but she she need a whole lot more yeah she she is because that that definitely wasn't enough um because I think it definitely got split up at some point between her and Frankie so Mm -hmm. um, you know she probably didn't she didn't get all of it um But I think that's a good sign. As as far as prognosis, the fact that because before she wasn't crying, she was flat affect whenever she talked mm -hmm. about anything. So the Mm -hmm. fact that she was able to cry and laugh, I do feel like my my outlook for her for healing is going to be more positive than... then completely like, no, it's just not gonna happen Um, despite all of the things that she's gone through. But I think that the fact that she has gone through so much and been forced to carry on before has her with certain level of coping skills for her to get through. Um, And I think that now that she is allowing herself to express feelings because she does feel free, she does feel like she is in a safer space um, where she can do that. I think that my outlook for her is a lot more positive. I think that whether she receives... I don't think that she will be able to have healthy relationships anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that her, she definitely can go on a journey where she can heal and be okay. Yeah, you know, actually, I, I wanted to tell you, I had some really good news um, that came from uh, Ursula. Ursula is actually doing well. She wrote, She has a uh, self <laughs> <laughs> self-published <laughs> She, got did she write self-puff. out did she sent you an email because she ain't saying she did. Shit. She did. She sent me an email. She said, um, actually, I just want you to know I got a self-published book. Um Okay, about, okay, she can you know, do that. How to she find She can do your speaking engagements about it. How, how to find your voice, how to <laughs> open your throat chakra. That check it out. It's on <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> it's on Amazon. <laughs> you you check it out. How to how to open your throat chakra fighting mu- select mutism. So, oh well, selective mutism is oftentimes tied to a certain level of anxiety, and there is a uh, selective. There is a reason, um, yeah, that individuals have on why they are. <laughs> you mm-hmm. in certain situations um and not in others there sometimes there's a tra- trauma response is the reason but that's not always the case i have worked with students that there is no reports of trauma there's no no knowledge of trauma but that child just had a certain level of anxiety of speaking in other situations but felt comfortable in certain ones and um so there is the ability to build trust, to build those skills so that person does feel more comfortable in speaking in other situations. So I could see Ursula <laughs> finding her voice, clearing her throat chakra, the blockages that must have been there. Um <clears throat> After, mm-hmm. after of course grieving the loss, um, maybe she uses the loss of Cleo as a way to catapult her, her to find her voice. Mm-hmm. Now knowing that it's necessary because she has lost yes. someone who she loved very yes. deeply. Mm-hmm. Taking that heavy ass scarf off from around her neck in the middle of in L.A. I'm sure helped with the throat blockages. Um, you know, while yeah. she was watching the news. So does Keith find you? Is that part of his prognosis? Does he does he find you? Is that is that what happens? <laughs> Mm -hmm. was that yeah that's what happened and you know things didn't work out but you know i think i thank god for keith every day because you know he helped me learn so much about myself he helped me learn so much about the culture and whatever so you know shout out to keith Oh, yeah, really? How did he do that after he lost his job and went to jail as an accessory to bank robbery? And that's one thing that I felt really because I felt like in the movie, they just wanted, he just wanted to know that she was okay. He just wanted to, you know, be, make sure that everything was okay with her. And I felt like even as a kid watching it, I was like, oh no, he's going to feel like she used him to get the inside and that all of this was fake and that she didn't really care about him. And they didn't make his character appear that way like he didn't feel it didn't seem like he felt Mm-mm. like she was using him like no. he but like she betrayed him because he knows how much he went after her he realized how thirsty he really was <laughs> <laughs> I think not for, thirsty you know, but thirsty mm, okay <laughs> got it all over my computer <laughs> <laughs> <And> so <laughs> That's why he was I think he was like, you know what? I put myself into this situation cuz I was being thirsty. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So does he lose his job and go to jail for accessory to bank No you? girl, he takes me. We we have a thing and I was like, I told him I said you need How something? if you his therapist? That's how not how prognosis works. I did, I said we needed to see I said <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Um he does lose his job. Um <laughs> so since he can't be with you, fuck it, he loses his job. <laughs> the deadbeat. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> What's your so, problem? If ain't in no my mind can have him, I can't. If I can't, in my have him, mind, I can't. Sorry. Okay. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> you I, I don't want him. <laughs> he was fine but you he is yours so in my mind only the um, corny white dude who was cracking the really lame jokes with him throughout the movie recognizes mm. that that is Jada Pinkett or stony that they are the same person so mm. he is willing to keep his secret because I'm sure Keith knows some creepy disgusting weird shit about him because Sometimes, you know, there's always that creepy guy who you just know is into some weird shit. And I feel like Keith probably saw like his porn history or something on his work computer. And so mm-hmm. they're keeping each other's secrets. And so Keith is able to keep his job. However, he does develop trust issues in all of his uh future relationships. And so it takes him um lots of therapy for him to be able to allow another woman uh within and so that is why none of his relationships work because one they are not you of course and because um he finds it hard to trust because you know how sometimes it can be very difficult for men once they have that uh heartbreak where they feel like they are keeping it all the way 100 with a woman and they don't get that reciprocated then they start to view all women in that same schema. And so I feel like that is what happens to him. However, because of all of his uh, insight that he has, all of his intentional desire for self-growth that he is able to work through that have a healthy, happy relationship with multiple children and, um, yeah. Multiple children with me? Just kidding. Sure. Um, (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) I, I just wanted to comment on his on his one. Was it a one bedroom? What is it? What's the apartment? Like the setup? Like how was it that she was walking in where it seemed like his bed was? Did you see the bed? Then there was a the well, couch. Maybe it was a loft. That's what a loft looks like in LA. I don't know. Girl, was... stuff looks. The, the people is living how they can. People are turning pe- their garages <laughs> into full on uh, th- studio apartments to make money. Living if in L.A. as well, real State is crazy. Then that means that um, he then lost his loft too, because um, that looked a little pricey. So everything gone. In your prognosis, in mine, he is happy, healthy, and thriving. <sighs> not if he's not with me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean? um, <laughs> no other than Cleo's death scene, which I it just deserves all of the Oscars. That song, I mean, that scene goes down in history as the most dramatic death, second to only Mufasa Um, sticking with that. What would you like to leave the people with with this film? You know, um, I think that everybody should go and listen to the soundtrack. It was a huge hit. It was on it was number four on the Billboard chart for a couple weeks. Like there's a lot of amazing songs on this soundtrack. So check that out. It'll probably bring you some nostalgia and everything. And uh, that's that. I love it. I just feel like we need more films with female Black leads. I feel like we haven't had a good group of women doing something other than being goofy. Uh, I feel like we need another like action. Just group of chicks Mm-mm. kicking ass, shooting guns, bang, bang. Taking ass and kicking names. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. That was okay. Reverse it. But you know what? Neither here nor there. Um, with all of that being said, (laughs) if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, (laughs) you can visit our website and follow the support the link show to become a Patreon member or donate to our cash app. Now we are happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather get the kind that folds. As always, be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts and leave us a comment because we are counselors and we actually care what you guys have to say. So until next time, peace. Okay, bye.